Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Do you have a business? Introduce yourself. What does this business have to offer? My name is John Quill Davis, and I specialize in natural feminine care and plant-based skincare products for those that feel as if commercialized products are too harsh on their skin and lady parts. You can follow me at The Urban Goddess and Alchemy Botanicals on Instagram and Facebook to get more information on what it is that I do and see what products that I have to offer. Why did you decide to become an entrepreneur? I pretty much love working at my own pace and creating things, so I decided that being an entrepreneur was the best route for me. It's a bunch of us. I'm a hand of colony. Everybody on a Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird in 40 on the Yeah, I'm acting nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black nation. Hold on. And now, here are your pilots, the informative Hanif Sowell and the greatest Henny Badger who has ever lived, Nassour Nuru. Yeah. On today's episode, we answer the question, if co-creator of Insecure Miss Issa Rae is the most powerful black woman in television, and why are black women starting tequila businesses and not a mango margarita business? And is Clubhouse the new app to meet black business women? But first, The Late Night Flight welcomes the creator of the sister company whose passion project is bringing great skincare products to people all around us. Please go to Alchemy botanicals.com to become a alchemy babe to get more information on her products sales giveaways and upcoming events here is the ceo of alchemy botanicals john quill davis yo what's good what's up thank you for having me uh, um i appreciate both of you all for um inviting me to your podcast and i can't wait to talk to both of you love your accent now that is a victoria texas accent yes it's a Louisiana slash Texas accent. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I was born here in Texas. Um, we stayed here for a little bit. My both of my parents are from Louisiana. We moved back, stayed there until my um ninth grade um year in high school, then came back to Texas. So it was just a mixture. Well, I just wanted to say um thank you for coming on. Um I've been, you know, following you on Facebook and watching like your ascension. And we just wanted to bring you here to give you your flowers and have some fun with you today. So thank you again. Thank you. Speaking of flowers, speaking of flowers. So we was asking you in the the pre-production, I guess you could say, the the pre-show warm-up of the late night flight, we was asking you how far are you from Texas? I mean, from Texas, <laughs> from Houston. You said two hours, correct? Right. So we was talking about what we saw on TMZ because, you know, we only know what's going on in Texas if TMZ is around, not even the NBA. James Harden leaves Houston. I don't know that through NBA.com. I know that through TMZ. So the point is Bow Wow shows up at a concert with a maskless crowd. I'm talking about people on top of people on top of people. And the funniest thing to me was, I asked Hanif, I said, yo, what song you think Bow Wow is saying, is singing on a stage to have people going crazy? Is it the song with Ciara? Because that's the only adult song he has. Joe Quill, what say you on that? Oh, so (laughs) when I saw the clip, I I wanted the same thing as you at the very beginning. And whenever 
you know, it came out what whenever what he was singing came out, I was really shocked. Like, you know, um a crowd of probably twenty-five and up people, you know, singing along with Bow Wow. It was really crazy to me, especially that many people. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't understand. Maybe it was just a surprise thing. I'm 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 hoping or I don't know if people just went to see him. I don't understand. But that many people to go see Bow Wow and you know, we haven't heard anything new from him that I would listen to in a long time. I, I just, I was puzzled. I didn't get it. But hey, you know, some people just want to go out. Honey, yeah. I just I just pulled up Bow Wow's biggest hits. Let's go over this together. Let me know if you think he did any one of these songs. Okay. All right. So he did. He did a remix of I Think They Like Me with the Franchise Boys and Jermaine Dupree and the Brat. You think he just did his verse? Uh, yes, I think he just stood up there and said, I'm going to be like Vince Carter with my arm in the net a hundred times. Mm, mm, <laughs> what, what about shorty like mine? What about shorty like mine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, serious. I, I don't know any Bow Wow's music. Like I might remember back when I, if I hear it, be like, oh yeah, I, I might remember, but I don't, I don't listen to Bow Wow. Would Bow Wow be better? If he just changed his name to Chad Moss and just say, screw it, this is the new version of me. I'm Chad Moss now. That's funny. I mean, because that worked. Well, I don't know if it worked for CeeLo Green because I still call him CeeLo Green. But remember when he was uh, Nalls Barkley or Charles Barkley, but the rap version? I don't know. Remember that's, that he changed his <laughs> name or something Barkley. like that? He was Nalls yeah. Barkley for no apparent reason. And then had a hit. he had a couple of his songs as Nalls Barkley and then went back to CeeLo Green. I didn't, I didn't get that. So look, I looked up that um, where uh, John Cole mentioned the the other show in Houston that got shut down with Fabulous. Yes. So it was Fabulous, Trey Songs, Larry Morrow, and Kenny Burns, and it was called the uh, All Black Affair, and that was last night at 10 p.m. So uh, apparently they shut that down too because it was a no mask affair. It's out there live in Houston. No wonder why Harden left. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. I ain't even get to my other women. I had Whoopi Goldberg. I had Taraji P. Henson. My goodness. Is Issa Rae the most powerful black woman in television? Um, She's up there. Um, So with Issa Rae and all of the things that she has going on, it's like she has the Midas touch right now. So yes. everything that she puts out is fire, you know, and it, it gets acclaim. And I think, you know, she's contemporary she's like in our age group and like she's out here doing everything that she wants to do and she's bringing other black people along with her and that's what i love about her i'm gonna be sad to see season five go i am team lawrence i just want to let everybody know that okay but i love that show so i'm gonna be sad when season five is over i to be honest with you i watched some of it um after maybe season three really got kind of boring to me was like uh i was tired of seeing i guess the same thing or the same storyline i don't know oh no john, john quill no please 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 as a woman because you know we we get a lot of criticism saying that we should have a woman's perspective on the show which i always reply as uh well first of all when i want the woman's perspective i listen to a show with women on it so maybe you will want as a woman i'm pretty sure you may want a male's perspective so 
I do want a woman's perspective on this because Insecure is a pro, you know, this is this is a pro woman centric type of show. So mm-hmm. what what drew what drove you away a little bit? Not where you you know you don't dislike Issa or dislike Insecure. You're just like I, you right. know I don't have to watch this as much as I do. What made you say that? What like what what did you watch on Insecure that made um, you say ah? It was basically um, people everybody going through the same thing. You know, I didn't make it past season three, so I really don't know what happened after that, but. What I can say is, you know, the sleeping around, going back and forth, looking for a man, um, you know, relationships not lasting, friendships not lasting. It was just the same thing over and over, you know, people going through the same thing over and over again. For me, I really wasn't interested after a while. It, um, the sleeping around, like, you know, it happens, but, right, right. And, you know, it's just TV, but it's not. For me, it wasn't interesting after a while. You know, I was into it season one and two, but after a while, it was just boring. So, so him, 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 hear me out, hear me out on it. Not even cut you off. So, let's just real quick. I want to just segue into something real quick because this Jasmine Sullivan Hotels is catching hella heat. Like, not in in a great way. It's like I think is. A very good piece and I think that right. what she what she's trying to not trying what she's gave an effort to detail for the younger generation of women I'm all the way with it makes all the sense in the world so what say you to that as far as um you know your thoughts and feelings on hotels because like you just said with insecure the sleeping around just all of the not infidelity but just the BS the insecurities of men and women where it's just mm-hmm. played to the forefront and it, it's just it, it, honestly I think it just drowns people out it's like well why should I find love why should I emote why should I do any of this if it all seems if it all makes me look negative so what what's your thoughts on hotels where the women are making men look negative because they're saying that the men are making women look negative but at the same time men and women still want each other what is going on talk to me um, so with hotels, I really like it. Yes. Um, I love Jasmine Sullivan and, um, I love that she brought, um, Ari into it because I watch her a lot, um, on Instagram. I follow her on Instagram. And if you do, you know that she goes live almost every day and she will be live for a good three to four, five hours. And she's just regular like me. You know, she talk about her problems with men, men she's dealt with, how, you know, she's been sprung on men before and it's all relatable. And, you know, we can relate to a lot of of the things that are meant that they talk about, that they sing about on um on the album. So I really like it. I, I think that she did a good job and um it, it's really relatable to some people, you know. Absolutely. Um absolutely. I, I, especially uh-huh. women, you know. We get a man that, you know, ain't all of that good. They don't treat us right all the time, but we just sprung on the set. All the sense. That's what it is most of the time. When you can't let somebody go, you sprung on the sex. You don't want nobody else to have the <laughs> sex, you know, to, to have it. And it's, it's really not the person. It's just the sex. And that's what she really basically is talking about. Yeah, I get that. I, I, I just want to answer the question about... Issa Rae being the most powerful woman in television. So I just want to name some women, some black women. Maybe you would think that they're more powerful. I'm going to give you a name, Hanif and John Quill. Tell me if you think this woman is more powerful than Issa Rae. Let's start with the first Shottown woman, Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> of course. Oprah still. 
she more like because the money mo is still swimming around with the Gators on the tallest castle in Chicago, right? That and then hold up, but, but let's talk about The Apprentice, the second coming of Oprah Winfrey, Miss Shonda Rhimes. Would you say that she's more powerful than Issa Rae? Um, absolutely. Um, Issa has um, she has a little ways to go, and I'm not knocking her at all. I love Issa, and I love her. Um. Because she does bring black people on, you know, she does look for products to use on her show from small black businesses. And I love that. But Shonda is, you know, she's up there and she has a, she has a few good shows that that's been out for a long time. And she has a new one. That's great. I don't know if you watched it, but it's really good. What's the name of the show? Since you uh, put it up um, there like that, you got you to say the name. It's Bridgerton. Okay. Oh, that's her so, show. Yeah. Bridgerton is her show. It is. Oh, they they, they have women on. They have women on Facebook talking talking about if if my if my name if I had a name on Bridgerton, I would be Lady whatever they name is of the North Face. I thought that was very right. funny and good. I like that. Right, that was funny. It's really, it's actually really good. I didn't. Um, I passed. I passed it up for a while for a few days, and I really didn't know what it was about. And before the hype came out, I watched it and. It's actually really, really good, and she did produce it. Awesome, awesome. Let's go to the next question. I think I think we I think we got yo. Just John Quill took it away. She think, my goodness, it's gonna be the John Quill show in his mother. Do you have a wild tequila story? <laughs> uh, so every time I drink tequila, it's a wild night. So uh, I already know that if we starting off with tequila, the night is going to be wild. But, you know, recently I came across this young lady on Facebook and her post went viral where she was uh, talking about how she went down to Mexico uh, and started a tequila brand. Like she's doing everything. It's like vertical integration. So she's doing everything from manufacturing to distribution to marketing. And it's all owned by her. And I was excited about that because it's a young lady. She's from Maryland. Um, her name's T Capri. So then when I went to start looking into it, I actually found this other lady, um, by the name of Nayana Ferguson out of Detroit, who started her own tequila business. She was basically looking for uh, an investment to retire in. Um, she started researching the tequila business uh, and then she made some investments and started her own brand and it's live and popping. And now we have the second person coming in. So I'm like, is this the new thing where black women are starting their liquor brands? Um, Cause you know, you got the, the sisters who do the wine, the Marguerite sisters, I believe. Um, so is this a new thing with black women, um, starting these liquor businesses? I think it's a great venture and, you know, I want to see them be successful. I'm actually thinking about, uh, taking a trip down to Maryland just to support, uh, T Capri. But as a, as a fellow businesswoman and entrepreneur, how, how are you feeling about, uh, these women starting these brands? Um, I think it's great. Personally, I really didn't know. I actually didn't know anything about it until you mentioned it. And I did a little research myself and um, I was excited because I love tequila. Um, I don't have any wild stories with tequila. Brown is my my wild <laughs> side. So, <laughs> um, But I love tequila and I'm, um, I was trying to figure out myself how to support them because I think it's great, you know, um, to find different avenues on how to make money, you know, it's not, a, you know, it, it has to be, 
it's always has to be it has to be different you know you you want to look for a different avenue something nobody really is doing and um that's how you get recognized really um and then you know but i think it's great i'm happy for them i don't know them and i i hope to meet one of them at least one day um but yeah, I think it's a good thing. Tequila. I love but I love tequila. So when yeah. John Quill gets drunk, she spins some honey in a jar. Okay, that's what she does. <laughs> she doesn't have any wild stories. She's too busy getting this handmade soap to you. And y'all can do the it brown, and get it right now. The brown liquor is the wild. The brown liquor is the wild. Yeah. We should do an event. We get some tequila and soap and, and do it all with you. Let's make this happen. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We get John Quill drunk as okay? And then she just goes to the kitchen. I don't mean that like that, ladies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ladies. Don't don't say it like that because this is where she goes and, you know, turns, you know, water into wine. She turns water into honey over here. So that's all I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying, John Quill. Don't smack me. Don't smack me. I meant it with respect. I meant it with respect. Now, I do want to say this one, one, one thing uh, about uh, Teak Tequila. I believe that's the name of it. Teak. Tequila. I think they changed the name to Antio Tequila, and that was with the what's the sister name again? Uh, honey, I'm sorry about that. Ayana Ferguson. Yes, yes, Miss Ferguson. So they asked her in this Forbes interview that she was on, "Why do you create the world's only coconut lime blanco tequila?" I have to read a little bit of this because I thought this it, it related to the late night flight, honey. Just see where I'm going with this. So she says, when we created Tequila, we always wanted to do something different and unique that pushed the conventional boundaries and standards in the tequila industry. We wanted to create a tequila that broke the stereotypes of tequila being harsh and not palatable. The idea for the world's only coconut lime blanco tequila came from our research on the most popular tequila cocktail in the world, the margarita. Now, I'll stop right there. The point that I love so much was she said, yo, guess what? In a world where Casamiga and Jose Cuevo and, uh, I, wait, is 1600 a, a, a tequila? No, right? 1600 is a vodka. 1800. 1800, my apologies. Mm-hmm. These are leading brands of tequila. They're going to they're gonna win. Those are top shelf. Jose Cuevo, I think if I didn't say that, I'm putting that out there. Those are top shelf tequila brands. To have this brand, and it might be on a house level or above the house level, but the point is, it's, it's, only, it's the only version of it. Right, right. The late night flight. I'm not saying that this is the best podcast in the world. When me and Hanif sat down and created this four years ago, we just wanted to make sure in this saturated business, because the liquor business is another saturated business. It's just that once you get in that business, the money is coming. But in the business of podcasts where it's so saturated, in my mind, in Hanif's mind, the first thing we said was, this has to be different from other things that's being done. If it's not different, From the other things that's being done, then we might as well just keep working the jobs that we have. This doesn't make any sense at all. What, what say to you to that, uh, John Quill? Because you have a business where, let's be honest, other smart, educated black business women are doing as well. And I'll be honest with you, what separated you from them already in my mind was the fact that Hanif showed me these videos of you churning this butter and creating this money. So what say you to all that? Um, I think it's very important to, um, to stand out, um, in so many ways you have to think of different ideas. You have to be ahead of the trends. (laughs) You have to be ahead before everything hits the fan. You know, you have to, um, 
make sure everything is good. Marketing, the how you um, present your um, products, everything. It has to be, you know, different from everybody else. And it, especially with skincare and making soap, um, the, I'm not going to lie, the... It's so saturated with so many people doing doing it. You just have to make sure that you're different in, in many ways from from packaging, how, you know, how you yourself. Um, I, I make sure that I, I. I. My customers, I just make sure that I um, talk to them often, like Facebook. I'm really active on Facebook. And you have to be, you can, you know, hide behind the, behind the brand. You just have to make sure everybody knows who you are. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pally right here. Yo. Oh, it's clubhouse time. All right. Uh, let me know when you're ready, honey. I am ready. Are you ready? Oh, it's All right. It's clubhouse time, John Quill, okay? Okay. You ready for that? Okay, you ready for that. Is the clubhouse app popular to black people because it has the word club in it? In it. You know, I, I love black people because when we put our stamp on something, it goes viral, it becomes trendy, it becomes the it thing. So I, I was reading this article and it, and it was basically stating that, you know, Clubhouse was like this invention uh, where a lot of techie nerdy people would get together and talk about, you know, techie nerdy stuff. And then when black people got a hold of it, it turned into something else. So it becomes like more social media, but it's still informative. Like last week I was uh, listening to Clubhouse through a friend and I, uh, I, I witnessed somebody making like a multi-million dollar deal within 15 seconds of pitching their product. So the opportunities that's available on Clubhouse are phenomenal. I want black people to take full advantage of those opportunities. Um, so this isn't Shark Tank. This is Club Tank. But continue. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's just an opportunity for, for people to come and network and actually speak. You know, like I'm more so of a writer myself. So I, I kind of do my thing on social media where you're typing um, but then there's other people who are more buoyant and they, they like to speak and they can get their message across clearer when they actually talk it out. And this is a good opportunity for that. And I'm glad that make black people are making it come out in the forefront. But what I would like to see is and make sure is that we benefit from uh, Clubhouse. Are you, John Quill, are you on Clubhouse at all or have you? I am not. I um. And I've heard a lot of good things about it. And I agree with you. Um, whenever we find something and hop on it, we make it so much better than it was before. Right. Um, but I'm not on Clubhouse. Um, I have so many things that I'm working on already that it would just be a distraction for me. But I do think it's beneficial to a lot of people I've heard. Definitely. You know... So the founder of Black and Brown Founders, Anaya Williams, said the sudden burst of innovation in Clubhouse exemplifies the role Black people often play in America as culture makers and trend setters. Yep. I'm going to say that one more time. The sudden burst, this sudden burst of innovation in Clubhouse exemplifies the role Black people often play in America as culture makers and trend setters. This is the same sh- 
that we are mad with NFL players with four years ago when it happened to Colin Kaepernick. This is the that Hanif is not necessarily mad, but is more in favor of this dork Kyrie Irving where he wants to be in and out of the NBA because he's acting like he wants to have a new NBA, but he's not doing anything with the money that he has. And I say all that to say this, black people, hear me out. Love us. Love you. Hear me out. Are you tired of being the sudden burst of innovation in America where we get to play culture maker and trendsetter, but we don't get nothing in return for it? We get nothing in return for it. I'm not saying that we should build up. Matter of fact, yes, I am saying we should have been built our own clubhouse. Oprah, Tyler Perry. Hey, all you four black motherfuckers that is top 100 richest motherfuckers in the world. Put your money together and cut this shit. I'm tired of this, man. We get to blow some shit up that, first of all, first of all, let's just be for real. I don't know how old you are, John Quill, but I remember a thing called blackplanet.com, okay? And people were doing business and doing business with pleasure and then pleasure, all that regular shit. And then after that, it turned into MySpace. Then MySpace turned into Facebook. Facebook turned into Instagram. Instagram turned into Twitter. Twitter turns into Parler. Parler turns into Trump. Everything is going ridiculous because everybody needs a platform to say something. And now Clubhouse, which I give them credit for, if you are a talker such as me, you, and John Quill, talkers such as ourselves, we may be, we can just walk up in some spot, whether it's about dating or it's the NBA, just like, hey, what's up? My name Hanif Sowell. And look, I know y'all talking about Kyrie and everything, but we got the late night flight going on. Yo, what's going on? I know y'all over here shooting y'all shot doing speed dating, but my name's John Quill and I got Alchemy Botanicals and you need to go rub your face with this soap, Mama G. You know, all this good stuff and we'll get all the followers in the world. But then when Clubhouse either expands to Android users or decreases because it's going to be a, you know, it's going to get dried up. Just like how MySpace was. How good is it going to be then? Right. But the thing is, we love making everybody else rich, except ourselves. Um, we will hop on somebody else's stuff and make them so rich and then hop on the next thing and do the same thing for somebody else. But, you know, we're... We're the people to make these apps and, you know, for us. But the thing is, if somebody did that, will we hop on it like we hopped on Clubhouse? Right. Right. Because if you remember, remember when uh, Solange, uh, I guess when the pandemic first started, she was trying to bring Black Planet back. Right. And it, it trended for like maybe a week. And then everybody was back to Facebook and Twitter and, you know, we kind of forgot about it again. So let, let me ask you this, Hanif, because I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't know that uh, Miss Cranes in the Sky put together something dope like that. So I, here goes my question, because this is a rich woman with the richest with with the richest big sister ever. You know, why was was the new black planet? Was it inferior to the competition? Because, you know, with black businesses like 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 let's be for real, like in Newark, I bank with Industrial Bank, which is the old city national bank. It's a black owned, it's a black owned bank. Their rules and regulations of how they manage their subscribers or their customers, I don't want to call them customers, account holders, is honestly 10 years behind compared to Citibank, TD Bank, X, Y, and Z. Was the new black planet, was it more, you know, 2001 and not 2019. I'm, I'm just trying to figure that one out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the interface was pretty trash and not 
as user-friendly as Facebook or Twitter or the, or the other sites. So that's the thing that we have to work on too, but this is where we need to get more Black people in tech. We need to get more Black people in innovative spaces so that they can create on a level that's on par with the competition because you got to think Facebook, Google, Twitter, all of these places have the best of the best people working on their apps and their products. So it's going to be flawless. We need to have our people in those spaces to be able to create in that, in those ways. And then we make it popular. So if we own the product and then we take it and we make it popular, we own it on two different fronts. Like, like just like where John Quo's doing with her product, where the tequila ladies are doing with their product, they're starting from the bottom, making it themselves and then bringing it to the market. And if we continue to do that and put them on platforms where it gets popular and then everybody wants it, then that's what, that's the formula that we need to, to make this happen. I will, I will agree with that. The only problem that I have with what you just said is that when you are someone that's starting a grassroots project, a passion project, if you will, the biggest problem with that is, especially if, you know, I don't mean to single us out, but when you're a black American, the other black Americans do not want to follow for some reason. It's as if John Quill has to be Solange for 2,000 people to wake up and be like, oh yeah, this, this is good. This makes sense. That sucks. That sh- it shouldn't be like that. What is wrong with our people locally where they're like, wow, John Quill is a talented person. We can't support her. But listen, when, I'm, when I tell you, and this is my perspective, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you go to that Alchemy Botanicals website, right? Yeah. Look at it. It's clean. Yes. All of the products look great. Yes. And when you do it, you don't know who owns it. You know what I'm saying? But it's a good quality product. And I think that is what we need to always put forward in order for people to catch on and then be like, yo, this is a good product. I could, you know, share this and it looks good. And I think it'll work. You know, it's funny. I think that we have a good product. I think the late night flight is a great product and we can make it work. So my thing is this people still slowly getting into it the same way. Maybe people are slowly getting into alchemy botanicals, but you know what would change that? The same way it uh, Julio Jones and Snoop Dogg changed Fat Boy Life when they posted his videos and it went viral and now he's you know uh, I don't want to call him a next a next uh, what you call it a Netflix star or anything like that but he's just he's getting opportunities that yeah. the normal hood mother wouldn't get. So what I'm saying is is that I wish John Quill got to meet uh, Gail from uh, Channel Two uh, you know CBS in the morning. Because I'm pretty sure if that sister was using John Quill's products, then I would have to be John Quill's manager because she about to get this money. If you would like to be a guest on the late night flight, hit me in my Facebook DM at Hanif Sowell or email us at the late night flight at gmail.com. I'm over here looking at Alchemy Botanicals. I'm trying to get this draw brush over here. Why, why this draw brush is sold out, young lady? We're going to talk about it. In, we, in, gonna, in, we, we definitely going to talk about I wanna, how can we get our hands on one of them magic boxes that I've seen in the video. I want to I draw brush. <laughs> this brush looks good. All right. What is Yanni wash and why should guys buy it for the women they're having sex with? <laughs> um, <laughs> there's many reasons why, but the most important reason is um, it's a natural product with no harsh chemicals. Um, it's it's made to um, keep the pH balance. Um, 
right and um, to make sure that the woman feels fresh and clean and not worry about any bacterial infections or any of that after using a product. Um, I've, you know, before I started making Yoni Wash, um, of course, you know, you grow up thinking certain products are good for you and good for feminine parts, you know, your lady parts, and they're not, they cause more, more harm than good. That's why women end up having, you know, bacterial infections and having a fixed stand and pH balance is out of whack. What is know, the, what is the bad soap or ingredients that would create that type of yeast going on right now? Um, Summer's Eve, um, basically, you know, Summer's Eve, all the dishes and, um, washes that they have and feminine wipes. Um, they're no good. No good. Can I ask you a question about this buttermilk honey picture that you have? Is this soap? Sure. So is this soap? Uh, yep. Does it actually look like this honeybee uh, design? Yep. It does. Oh my God. And you make this? Yep. I make it. <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you make it look like a honeycomb? It, it looked like I should put this in my cereal or something. How, how does this go? I actually use bubble wrap in oh. the mold. I put bubble wrap inside the mold, pour the soap, and then another layer of bubble wrap on top. That's amazing. Um, the, what I wanted to know is that, you know, what I noticed and what really, you know, brought my attention is that your, your products sell out in minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how does one, like, without waiting by the computer, because I tried a couple times and I was too slow, um, to get, you know, a package of your products? Like, what, what would we have to do to get that popping? Um, so, actually, my products have not always sold out like that. Um, Cyber Monday was the very first time it ever happened for me. Uh-huh. Um, and... That was I was I was shocked. Um, I had worked so hard on my rebrand. Um, it took me almost six months to um, to work on my rebrand, and I guess people just you know were ready for it. They anticipated it, and um, when I made that drop on Cyber Monday, that was my very first time selling out of everything and making six figures in uh, fifteen minutes. Hey. So, um, and after that. Since then, you know, everything went to but USPS. So I haven't been really doing a um, full line drops, just a few things. And, you know, those sell out within minutes also. But I am, you know, you can always message me and be like, you know, I wanted this. I really wanted this. Is there any way I can order it? And I'm always, you know, I'm always doing orders through my messenger um, or through email. If I can. John Quill, if I, if I, if I may, uh, John Quill, check me out. What is, in your opinion, so far in your, in your time doing this as an entrepreneur, what has been the best marketing strategy? Something that you're willing to share with the audience, what separated you from the pack and this marketing strategy really, really worked out for you? Um, being really friendly on, you know, social media, um, how friendly? Making sure, friendly, friendly. <laughs> making, oh, sure, <laughs> making sure I interacted with people or well, Facebook. I interact with everybody. Um, you know, 
I'm I feel like I'm a real funny person, so I draw attention. And whenever I pull that attention in, I make sure people know that I that I do sell skincare products. And um, same thing on Instagram. I'm only on I'm not on Twitter, which um, I hate. I, I, it's too late for me to even do that. But on Instagram, also I make sure on um, blogs. I'm on the shade. I mean, you know, shade room, making sure people know what I sell, and people follow when they see. Um, you know, how popular the brand is or is becoming, they follow people love, they love packaging and how things look. They don't care. Even though I sell the best, I feel like I sell the best skincare product out there. They don't care about that. They care about how the bottle looks and how packaging looks and all that. So I made sure that not only do I sell, do I make a, a great product, but it also looks good. Do you date? a black dermatologist or have you ever dated a black dermatologist where you're like, look, I'm going to hang out like in your, uh, you know, outside of your parking lot. So when all your clients come out, I'm going to just, yo, hey, look, I know you just met Dr. Johnson, but uh, check me out. You need these botanical <laughs> no. products. I'm saying, I, I'm just saying. I don't even know any. Do you know any? No, I mean, look, I, I hear that you are a, a fond woman and I'm talking about as far as your business savvy. I don't even know what you look like, but I'm pretty sure the way you're talking, your articulation, your your mindset, I'm pretty sure a, a black woman or a black male der dermatologist will come your way and, and definitely work something out with you. I can see that for sure. <laughs> hey, yo, what the f***? This is a poly right here. Can you successfully mix business with pleasure? Nope. It might be fun for a while, but yeah, no, it, it, it'll never work out. It doesn't work out in the end. Um, you know, you go to work and see someone that you are, um, I don't even know, I don't even want to say dating, but mm -hmm. having sex with regularly and they're flirt, you know, they're flirty because that's the same way they got you. So they flirting with somebody else and somebody feeling going to get involved eventually. Um, and it's just all bad for business. It might be fun for a little while, but in the end, it's, it's no good. How do you make it fun for a little while? I'm sorry, honey. My bad. I, I got you. I got you. Honey. Be adventurous, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> be adventurous, you know, use rooms i guess i'm just saying because you got to get the sexual tension out of there look there are so many people at jobs where like well so many people but women at, at where i work at at times where i'm like yo i know she feeling me and i think she know that i'm feeling her too but we're in this workspace and of course we both want something out of this job maybe she wants to advance maybe i want to advance maybe i just want to save money to use to save up for our podcast maybe she want to save up money for Al alchemy botanicals who knows i'm just saying that we there's something that we see and then we want to make it happen but you know like you said the the outcome of everything, the, what happens after, the aftermath of it, the emotions, all that, that may mess up. So how can we, you know, like, look, I want four days with you. You want four days with me and we just shut the f up and we keep working. How, how, how can we make that happen? That don't, that's not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. But the fun part is taking advantage of the print and copy room or oh. wherever you <laughs> wherever you store your files at. That's the fun part. OK, that's the fun part. <laughs> I need I need what say what say you to uh, to mix it business um, with pleasure, bro. So I feel like business mixing business and pleasure doesn't work, but I feel like 
people in couples and relationships, if you are in a relationship already and y'all have that compatibility and y'all can manage the relationship successfully, then y'all can transition that into a partnership or a business successfully. But if you start off as just straight business and then you try and incorporate the relationship and the sex into it, I think that's going to get a little shaky because what happens is when you incorporate the sex and the love and the, the, the fighting and all of that stuff, it could have implications on the actual business and, and the stuff that brought you together to make money or to, to advance your products. And you don't want to put that in jeopardy just for like, like she was saying, a, a small time affair or some, some, some fun. But, but, but you forgot that she said a small time affair in the print and copy room. So there is something that like what she's basically saying. She didn't say it out loud. There is a moment that can ha- that that where that can happen. But we need I need to find out what woman is willing to make that happen with me. So I guess you got to be willing to, to to go into the print and copy room and leave it there. Right. I should put a print on the copy machine and then put it on her desk. No, I'm saying after we after we swing in the print and copy room and we come back into the office, that's over. It's done. It's separated. We had our fun. We enjoyed that moment. We did something spontaneous. And if we could just keep going back to the business, then so I should so I should uh, start asking for different favors at Christmas parties. You're telling me uh, her work husband is at the Christmas party. No, not John Quill. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I'm just saying. Oh, 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 oh! You talking about in, in general? Just in general, the Christmas party is reserved for work husbands. That is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I just on my end, I just wanted to put out some some married couples that actually have a business together. Let's start with Kelly Ripper and Mark Counselors. I don't know who Mark Counselors is personally. We know who Kelly Ripper is. She used to do a lot with Regis and Kelly. So they have a company called, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this word, M-I-L-O-J-O is pronounced after the, their three kids, like the first two letters of their, of their three kids. And they have, it's a production company. So they have a business. But Judd, you know, they sorry, met on, they met on the set of like All My Children or something? Yes, like yes. They, they said that the two lovebirds met on the set of All My Children. They're still together to this day. Uh, Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann, they have a production company called A Funny Kind of Love. Um, yep. You know who Judd Apatow is, right? Yeah. Super bad. All of the, the Seth Rogen movies and the yeah, funny. All that stuff. And then, of course, you know, you got the greatest of all the greatest, Beyonce and Hove. Yeah. Point blank. Period. Emily Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. I believe John Krasinski plays. Uh, I don't know what's the name he plays. Oh, in the Jim office. on the Office. Yeah. yeah. So they they have they they played in a movie called A Quiet Place together, where he directed and she was the actress in that. Of course, you have Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. They per, they have the Will and Jada Smith Family Foundation that's in Baltimore. You have Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson who have been married since 1988. They have a uh, what is this? They have a production company called what is this called? Playtone. They had two big movies in Playtone: Castaway, okay, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, both Golden Globe nominated oh, yeah. movies. You know, so oh yeah, then you got Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. I mean, they just I don't know. They maybe they just had an adoption agency together. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But were all these businesses started after? Before, after, because I think if it's after, you know, if you're married and you start these businesses after, then it's good. 
Well, as far as uh, okay, so Tom Hanks, that's a that's a great question by you. So Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, they they started before they got married. Uh, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. I don't know about Beyonce and Jay Z. They don't have that there. Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann and Kelly Ripa and her husband. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. And then also, uh, I didn't put her name out there. Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone. They have had a business before they got married. Okay. Well, it could work. As long as you're not insecure and, you know. I think it also comes with money, too. Because if you're two broke business well, people, you probably like, look, yeah. <laughs> the stress of the business and the stress of the marriage, yeah. You over here asking me for milk. I'm trying to get the packaging done. God <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Terrible, yo. Terrible, yo. Well, that's the show. Please subscribe and download to the Late Night Flight on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Every subscription helps us towards our efforts in having a career in podcast radio broadcasting. Hey, yo, what the f? This is a pallet right here.